On Sundays, we have, um, last two months here, been working on really just talking about, you know, walking in the life of God or the abundant life. And uh, we've spent the last, you know, half a dozen weeks, basically, um, talking about resistance of the enemy. And so let's look at some key verses here, and then we'll do a just brief review and then kind of get into what we have for you today. Um, so let's go to John 10, verse 10. Put that up there, if you will, Ben. Praise the Lord. A thief, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come, this is Jesus talking, that I've, I've come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, praise God. So uh, God is good, devil's bad. Let's try that again. God is good all the time. Devil's bad all the time. You know, if you can get that revelation, it's amazing how much uh, life will change just right there. You know, sometimes we have a tendency to look and blame God for our problems when God ain't your problem. Come on, somebody. So we're sitting there pointing our finger at the one that brings life, the one that brings health and wholeness, the one that brings abundant life. Amen. Instead of understanding that the thief comes to try to kill, steal, and destroy. It's the thief that comes to try to make your life miserable. I don't know if you knew this, but the devil don't like you. I know it's hard to believe. I know you're a great person. I can't understand why anybody wouldn't like you, but I'm telling you, the devil don't like anybody. Amen. He does everything he can to, to somehow take uh, any kind of joy out of your life. And uh, so you just have to understand that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. But God, or Jesus, has come to give you life, Zoe life. The word Zoe there um, means absolute life or pure life, okay, is what it means. All right, Zoe. The Greek word. It means absent of death, the absence of darkness, the absence of the curse. So anytime Zoe life is in full manifestation, then it's absent of all that mess. That's good news. Now the reason that's so necessary to know is because whenever death, darkness, or the curse is, is around, you have to understand that that's, that's not of absolute life or not of abundant life. So that we have to do is take our authority as a child of God and begin to drive it out. Okay. Are you with me? All right. So uh, let's look at a few other translations, Ben. Let's put something up there. What do you got there, brother? Uh, the message translation says this. Uh, let's see. Let's go down here. It actually starts down here lower. Uh, a thief is only there, verse 10 there. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so they can have, here we go, real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Look at your neighbor and say, I can dream pretty big. Oh, that was weak. Maybe you can't. I'm just saying, maybe I'm in a wrong crowd here today. Am I in the right crowd today? Can you think big? Can you dream big? All right, well, hey, it's going to be better, life better than you ever dreamed of. Now, it says here, real and eternal life. And again, I'm addressing this. Eternal life means perpetual. Okay, the eternal means perpetual, everlasting, perpetual. So anytime you see the words everlasting life, uh, uh, eternal life, okay, it's talking about something that's perpetual. The word life, again, is the word zoe. But anytime you see the word eternal, uh, you know, uh, it's not just referring to someday when you get to the sweet by and by. Now, how many know it's going to be a wonderful thing? Do you know what heaven is? Heaven is absolute life. That's what heaven is. It's absolute life. How many know the enemy is not welcome in heaven? So I tell you that. All right. So that's good news, right? 
You're not going to get there and have to fight when you get there. Come on, right? Praise the Lord. That's good news. Uh, but while we're here, um, you know, we have, we have something we have to deal with. We have an enemy to deal with. Now, we can still have that eternal life. We can still have that perpetual life. We can still have everlasting life because according to the word, according to Jesus, he says everlasting life or this uh, eternal life starts by knowing the one true God and the one in whom he sent. John 17, 3 says that is what eternal life is. So eternal life begins when you got to meet Jesus. When you made Jesus Lord of your life, that was the beginning. It started. Now you say, well, well, now wait a minute, preacher man. I don't know that I, Zoe life thing's been manifesting yet in my life. Well, it's a good thing you're here because you're finding out why and how come. Come on, somebody. We have an enemy. And if we don't take authority over our enemy, keep coming and taking. He'll pull you under the bus if he can, and then he'll back up and hit you again. Are you still with me? But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. And according to this, real and eternal life that's for you, praise God. More and better life than you ever dreamed of. Let's look at another one, brother. What do we got here? Amplified maybe? Here it is. Thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that they may have, I love this, and enjoy life. And have it in abundance to the full till it overflows, praise God. Every time I see that too, it overflows. I always think about somebody with a glass there just pouring, pouring, and it just... As they keep pouring, it just keeps overflowing, praise God. That's the kind of, that's the way life, the abundant life should be in our lives. And we should be enjoying this thing. Smile real big at your neighbor say, we need more smiles in the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. We ought to be enjoying this life. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's look at another one. I think I got one or two more there. Let's look at it. This is the Passion Translation. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy, but I've come Hallelujah, to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until it overflows. Praise God. I like that. It's a good translation. Did I give you another one or not? One more. Whoa, here we go. So this is the living translation. A thief's purpose. There's a reason now. A thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. All right? So he, his purpose. Now, uh, first John brings out the fact that his purpose is to destroy the works of the devil. That's what Jesus is. He's here to destroy the works of the devil. Well, then he came along and then took back the authority, handed it to you and me, gave us keys, amen, of the kingdom, amen, that whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. In other words, he's handed us keys of authority, amen. So we can resist our enemy, praise God. So we have been really diving into this the last several weeks. And so uh, we have, uh, oh, like I said, I think five or six weeks into this thing. And we've been talking about different areas that we use in resistance. One of them was dealing with our submission to God, just submitting to God. Amen. If you submit to God, resist the devil, guess what? The word says he flees. But it starts with yielding to God. To surrender ourselves to God, let God lead you, praise God. We talked about uh, drawing near to Him. We talked about casting all our cares upon Him. We talked about the blood of Jesus and the importance of the blood. Are you still with me? We talked about the armor of God, amen, and talked about the sword of the Spirit. We talked about praise and, and thanksgiving, how it, how it affects your enemy, how it drives him out, praise God, when you just take the time to give God thanks, take the time to begin to praise God, and the enemy begins to back on out the door, praise God, 
Amen. We begin to talk about things like that. Last week we talked about prayer, the power of prayer. Amen. That prayer is our communion with heaven and our dominion on planet earth. Amen. One of the things that I kind of touched on here and there, didn't really get into it real deep, but one of the reasons why we pray in the name of Jesus because the word name means authority and character of. So the name of Jesus, every time we pray in the name of Jesus, we're praying in the authority and the name, amen, the character of Jesus, amen. And the word says everything that is named on heaven, on the earth, or in heaven, on earth, and beneath the earth is subject to the name of Jesus. Everything is, amen. It all bows the knee to the name of Jesus. That's one of the reasons we pray, amen, in the name of Jesus. Uh, one of the things I didn't really bring out real deep, but just, just in the area of prayer, uh, praying in the Holy Ghost. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, man, don't let that sit idle. That's part of your weaponry, praise God. Praying in the Spirit of God, driving back darkness in the name of the Lord, praise God. Can I hear a big amen? amen. So what we're going to do today, um, we're going to, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Put that up there, brother, if you will. Verse 27, a text that we used uh, probably in the very beginning of this. We kind of touched on this and then moved on. But um, let's see here. Which one, what translation? You're in the New Living. Let's go to the just regular King James, brother. Let's get that. King James. Let me get mine open up here. Praise the Lord. So Ephesians 4 and 27, a real simple verse, but it says this. Uh, nor give place to the devil. Now, in chapter 4 of Ephesians, he's talking about in here about getting your mind right, amen, not thinking like the world, talking about putting off the old man, putting on the new man, talking about renewing your mind to the things of God, all of this, amen, taking authority over your emotions, all of this, why? Because we don't want to give place to the devil. We don't want to give place to the enemy. So if, if it says here, don't give place to the enemy, then we have to assume that it's possible to give place to the devil. Now, what does that mean? Well, uh, the word here, place, um, is defined as uh, to grant or yield or even, even uses the word submit, to give consent or to give power to. So neither give power or consent here. And he uses the word place, which is topos, which means a location or literally a, a plot of ground or a foothold, okay? An opportunity. Some, some translations even use that. Don't give the enemy an opportunity, amen? So it's possible to give consent to the enemy by giving him ground in your life. Are you still with me? We give him a foothold. Well, man, I don't want to give the enemy a foothold. I don't want to give the enemy, a, you know, any ground. I don't, want to, I don't want him taking up residence anywhere near me. That was weak. Anybody agree with that? I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want the enemy uh, taking up any ground around me. But the Word says that we could give place to the enemy. So it says don't give him place. Okay, so what, you know, how do you do that? Well, let's look at this, all right? Let's go to 1 John. 1 John. Now, I just want to know here, did you come to give, uh, to give ear to it? Yes. All right, did you come to learn something today? Yes. Now, if you do, um, I guarantee you, you're going to get something. Um, but I want you to let this thing unfold before you shut me off. All right? 
Here it says, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin, or that doesn't, that literally means to practice the art of sinning, okay? That means you, you're making it a practice, okay? But he who has been born of God keeps himself. That's going to be a key word. Keeps himself, and then what happens says, and the wicked one does not touch him or can't touch him. Praise God. That's good news. All right, verse 19. Let's read through it, Ben, and we're going to come back up. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies sway or lies under the sway of the wicked one. In other words, the enemy's out there. He does what he does. The world's out there following it, doesn't even have a clue. There's an enemy that's leading them. But he says, because you're a child of God, he says, we're supposed to know something. We're supposed to know who our God is. We're supposed to know who our enemy is. We're supposed to know who we are. And that's what this whole text is talking about. Verse 20 says, and we know that the, that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true and what? In his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. This is, go back to that one more time, brother. This is the true God and, everybody say, eternal life. Because that's key again. So how many want to tap that, that life abundant, that eternal life, that everlasting life? Anybody in the house want to tap that? Okay, so now, all right, now listen. Verse, let's go now to 21 here. Thank you, Ben. Little children, or children of God, right? Keep yourselves, there's that word again, keep yourselves, this one says from idols, okay? Now, this word idols here just means literally substitutes, okay? Anything that tries to, uh, something that tries to make a copy or a substitute, an image that's, that's not of God, not the real deal. And, and one translation says, guard yourself or guard against all clever facsimiles, okay? In other words, anything that's, that's phony or fake. So when we see this word idol, that's what he's referring to. There's a lot of stuff out there somehow trying to, you know, be a substitute in your life. Still with me? Now it's necessary. So now let's go back up uh, to verse 18. I believe that's the first verse there. Now there's a lot. Remember, it says in this text here, if you just kind of look at the text here, we know, we know, we know. In other words, we, we got to know something. We got to know them. We got to know this. Okay, we know that whoever is born of God. Anybody born of God in this house? You got to know that you know that you know I'm a child of God. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. That's just, I'm a child of God. I, I belong to the, to the household of faith. I'm, I'm, I'm part of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Part of a higher realm. An heir of God. A joint heir with Christ. Overcomers. Conquerors. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin. You say, well, well wait a minute, Pastor. That may not be me. Well, does not sin, does not practice sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself. And the wicked one does not touch him. Well, keeps himself from what? Well, the temptation of sin. Now, I'm going to ask a question again. You going to give me ear today? Or give me a lip. (laughs) 
Come on now. Now let me get through this because you learned something here. All right? We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, and he who has been born of God keeps himself. And what will happen then? The wicked one does not touch him. Now, he says here, if you will keep yourself, then that's a resistance of the enemy. Now, the enemy can't touch you when you're keeping yourself. Okay, so we have to find out what all that means then. Okay, so oneself, uh, terio is, is the Greek word. It just means to guard yourself or to, literally means to keep an eye upon, to prevent something, to withhold, maintain, or preserve, depending on how it's used in a sentence. Okay, so we're keeping ourselves literally from the practice of sin. Okay, if you will keep yourself from that, the wicked one can't touch you. That's a good promise. Okay, now somebody says, well, pastor, I'm, I kind of mess up a few things. Well, every time you do that, you just have to understand that it gives place to the enemy. Still with me? All right. Now, let's, uh, let's take a little look at, at this thing called sin. So we're all clear about it. Somebody says, well, no, I'm pretty good about that, Pastor. I know all about sin. Well, let's just take a look at it, okay? Uh, let's just, uh, you know, let this part be part of the teaching here. So with that said, James uh, chapter 4, Ben, let's put chapter 4, verse uh, 17 up there of James. Um, and that's, I believe that's the right verse. Make sure I give you the right verse here. I believe that's right. James 4, 17. He says this, therefore, to him who knows to do good. Okay, now listen. Now listen, I'm going to help you. Okay? To him who knows to do good and then does not do it, to him that is sin. Okay, so just, just you got to know that because not every mistake is sin. Sometimes it's just a mistake. Sometimes we just made a mistake. That's all. We just made a mistake. But sometimes, okay, we know what we should do, and we just decided not to do it. Now, you know, early on in First John, in chapter 3, he brings out that sin is, is, is defined as lawlessness. In other words, you know what you should do, and you decided not to. Now, we clear on that. Okay, that's what sin is. Okay, if you, let's go to now to James 1. Let's try that, brother. James 1, verse 13. All right, so if you're in James, let's do that. I'm going to turn to it myself. James 1 and 13. Okay, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Now, that's good to know. Because a lot of people say it. Well, you know, God did this to show me something. Or God get, did this to see what I would do. Wrong. Ah, wrong answer. God don't do that. That ain't how God works. You have an enemy that's always tempting you. Now, God is looking on you to see what you do in the midst of your temptation. But God ain't the one tempting you. God ain't the one bringing havoc in your life to try to get you to fall or get you to back up or get you to quit. God never, ever, ever does that. And don't you even let it come out your mouth. I'm sorry. What did it say? Let no one say 
when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. God is always good. Devil is always bad. You got to settle it. Because if you're sitting here thinking that all this havoc that's coming down, down the pike, down the, you know, this, this row you have to hoe, so to speak, uh, that, that you're dealing with is all coming from God. It's kind of hard to lean on God when you think God's the problem. See, there, there's, there's a little bit of a mis, uh, you know, a little bit of misinformed about identity here. Who your God is, who your enemy is, and probably because of that, you don't even know who you are. Somebody with me? Are you still here? Somebody says, well, I'm sitting right here, Pastor. Yeah, but you can tune me out real quick. All right. Now remember, let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Here we go. Verse 14. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away, seduced by his own desires and enticed. No, you just, that was your own desire. That was, you were enticed. You were suckered. The enemy put the carrot out in front of you. He baited you. Yeah, that's right. Good, that's a good way of saying it. He baited you. And what happened was you saw it, you looked at it long enough, and pretty said, wow, I need to bite on that. And then you bit on it. Okay, verse 15. Now listen, we're defining what sin is. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Why? Because you knew you knew, I, I, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be saying this. I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be acting this. I, I need to be doing this instead. I, I, I should be doing this. And so you knew, and then it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. Now, what do you want? Abundant life or death? Now, listen, this, this, this answer stuff. Why is the curse running rampant in my life? Because we probably gave him place. Well, no, uh, no, 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 no. If, if the enemy's running rampant in our lives, it's probably because we gave him place somewhere. We allowed him in the door. Now, I didn't say he has to stay there. <laughs> That's when we come in and begin to take a stand Amen. Begin to resist our enemy, drive him back out the door, praise God, so you can start walking in abundant life, the life that you're called to. And in the meantime, all this yuck, death, darkness, curse has to bow the knee and be gone, praise God. Verse 16, better read this one. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Why? Because it's easy to be deceived in it. All this stuff's happening, and pretty soon we're pointing our finger at God, saying, well, God's doing all this to me. No, you're being deceived. No, you're being deceived. You have one enemy. And he's sneaking in there, then tempting you with this or that, and you bit. And as a result of it, it turns into a thing of sin because you knew better, but you did it anyway. It's like uh, how many times, I can't even tell you how many times somebody says, now I know I shouldn't be saying this. Then shut up. <laughs> shut up. 
No, I, I have to say it. No, because you know you shouldn't be saying it. And what you just did is gave the enemy a foothold. You gave the enemy place. Now I know I shouldn't be doing this, but them butts will kill you every time. But you just gots to do it, don't you? So what you just did is gave him place. But you knew better. But if you would have just kept yourself, it would have kept the enemy out. But now he comes in, he takes place, and he does what he does. Ransacks, steals, kills, destroy, because you just had to do it. Somebody said, Pastor, leave me alone. No. No. Because you want the enemy out. Okay? Do we want, if you go back to that uh, verse 15 again, I believe it is, brother. Put that back up there. Verse 15. Back it up. Let me go mine. Amen. Hallelujah. Whoops, upside down. There we go. Hallelujah. It says that when, when sin is full grown, it brings forth what? Death. Ruin, destruction, chaos, that also means. Um, uh, like Hades, it, it's a, the old, old Testament word for that is, it means literally like times like of Hades or the place of Hades, which means hell on earth. So we, we keep doing it, what we've done now, given place for hell on earth to manifest in our life when all along, according to Scripture, Jesus said it should be, Days like heaven on earth, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? So we should be calling for days like heaven on earth, but instead we keep giving the enemy place and hell on earth begins to manifest around us. And then we get mad at God because God must have done this to us. No, 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 you're getting it all mixed up. Remember the boys, you know, walking along and the city, they walked through, turned their nose up at Jesus, and Jesus, you know, walked through, did just walked on through. They didn't want to receive him, that's fine, just go on through the town. So they went through the town. The boys said, Jesus, call fire down on that city for what they did to you. That's, that's disrespectful what they did to you. Call fire down on them. Jesus looked at them and said, you're right. Kill them all, God. What did he say? He says, you don't even know what spirit you're of. The Son of Man didn't come to destroy lives. I came to give life, not destroy it. And he told the boys, he said, listen, you know, when they asked about show me the Father, he says, listen, look at me. What do you see? He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you think the Father's out to destroy lives, then you'd have no clue who you're talking about. Because he ain't about destroying lives. We have an enemy. And many times we give him place because we knew better, but we chose not to. Now, are you still glad you came out on a Sunday morning? I got a few maybe going, I don't know, preacher. Well, let's look at a couple things here, all right? Before we... Romans 6. Put Romans 6 up, brother. Verse 23. Okay, Romans 6 and 23. 
Did things freeze up on you back there? Is that what the deal is? All right, well, I'm going to turn to it then. Romans 6 and verse 23 says this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the same, saying the same thing. Now, how many know sin always has a wage? You know, you work at something, you do something, and you're, you know, doing a, your profession and your job or whatever, and uh, you're, you're putting forth and extending energies towards something, and, and the idea is that if I do this, there's a return. I do, the, I do the service, I do the job, there comes a paycheck. I work, uh, you know, a nine-to-five or I, whatever it is that you do, and the idea is that at the, at the end of the week, there comes a paycheck. Well, sin, it works the same way. You, you start doing that, you start practicing sin, there's a payday. I said there's a payday. Boy, it's awful quiet in this Holy Ghost house. There's a payday. Say, I don't like, I don't like the paycheck from that. None of us do. Okay? Now, again, we're not excluding the fact of the blood of Jesus, the mercy of God, forgiveness. Praise God for all that. When you repent, oh, you can have all that. Praise the Lord. But you have to understand that many times it's through sin that the door has opened where we've given the enemy place and he goes and ransacks because we've given him place. And we think, well, nobody knew I did that. Listen. There's an unseen realm. Somebody saw it. Somebody heard it. Come on. And we got to be aware of that. All right? So the wages of sin is, again, death, ruin, destruction. But he, the whole time, has offered this thing called abundant life, Zoe life, eternal life, everlasting life. He said, I have this for you all the time. You can have this any day of the week. This is yours to have. But when you live in this, you get a different wage. You get a different paycheck. The life that you're called to gets stolen. I better back up. I got the spits going on here already. Are you hearing me? It gets stolen. So a whole time, Zoe life is yours to have. But because we've let the enemy in, We don't experience Zoe life. Instead, we experience just the opposite. Now, listen, I don't know. I ain't up here condemning you. I ain't up here calling out your sin. Does anybody want to stand up and tell me what your sin is? Okay. All right. Uh, you know, I don't want to know it, and I don't think anybody else wants to know it. But you just have to understand that sin is pretty easily defined as you knew to do good, and you chose not to. You knew what you should have done, but you didn't. So that's sin. Got it? Are we clear on that? All right. So that opens the door to something else and gives place to the enemy. Now, with that said, let's go to, we're going to go to the Gospel of John and maybe hang out most of the time here in the Gospel of John. All right. John, we're going to go to John 14, and I want to show you something here. All right. So are we clear on what sin is? Is there anybody in here who wants that? Does anybody want the wage of sin? No, 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 none of us want it, okay? I'd rather have that eternal life stuff. Anybody else with me on that? Are we clear on that? I don't have to go over that anymore, 
Okay, great. All right. So with that said, all right, let's look at the life of Jesus here a little bit. Okay, John 14, verse 30 and 31 says this. This is Jesus talking, okay? I will no longer talk much with you. Okay, so he's getting ready to, getting ready to head out. So getting ready. He knows he's about ready to pay the price, and the boys are going to, uh, you know, he's going to be separated from them for a little season here. All right, I no longer, uh, uh, will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world, talking about the enemy, is coming, is what it says in our translation. Uh, the one, the old King James used the word, just says cometh, and it just literally means is present or coming and going. So it isn't about, see, our, our translation kind of almost makes it look like that he's, he hasn't come yet, but he is coming. No, but in, in the Greek it says, no, he's present. He comes and he goes. He, he'll, he'll take any place and opportunity he can take. Are you still with me? So, so he's saying, listen, the, the ruler of this world cometh, and he has, look at it, Jesus said he has, who, who, who is he? The enemy, right? The ruler of this world, the enemy. He has nothing in me. Nothing in me. Literally means he has no hold on me. He can't, he can't grab me for nothing. He's got no right to grab me for He's got nothing in me. Somebody said, well, well, duh, he's Jesus. Well, be careful on that. Verse 31, put that up there, verse 31. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me command, literally means utterance or speak, spoke to me, so I do. Everybody say, so I do. Those are three powerful words. Arise, let us go from here, okay? So let's back up that verse. But that the world may know. In other words, everybody's going to know the, 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 the ruler of this world's out there. He's doing what he does. He has no hold on me. But so everybody knows why he has nothing in me or no hold on me. Why is that? Because I have a love for God. Somebody said, well, 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 I do too. I love the Lord. With my whole heart. Yeah, but every time he talks to you, do you do? Well, you know, once in a while, when it's convenient. See, he says, I have a love for God, and I prove it by doing what he asks of me. The word commandment is not referring to the Ten Commandments. It's referring to an utterance, something he spoke, something he says, all right? So every time he said, do this, he say, so I do. Every time he said, say this, so I do, so I speak. All right, let me show you another one here. Okay, while we're in John, let's back up here a couple chapters. Chapter 12, please. Still with me? Now listen, I'm trying to show you something here because it isn't as complicated as you think. It's just doing what you know to do. And if you will just start doing what you know to do, it's pushing the enemy out. Otherwise, we're giving him place. And then you got to pray for a miracle to get the devil off your back. Well, let's just keep him out. Well, now, no, let's keep him out. So it's just, just a matter of doing the things that you know you're supposed to do. John 12, please. Is that where it said? John 12. John 12, verse 39 now. For I have not spoken on my own authority. This is Jesus talking again. Jesus didn't speak on his own authority. But the Father who sent me, 
gave me a command or an utterance. What I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his, his utterance, his word leads something. It leads to what? Everlasting life. If I follow him, he knows how to bring this to pass in my life. His utterances, his words, his, when he speaks to us, praise God, he is leading you towards something. And it ain't death. It's everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, there it is again, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I, there's those three, so I speak. He said, say this, so I speak. He said, do this, so I do. What's the difference between Jesus and any one of us? So he said, well, he's the son of God, so are you. That's, that's heresy. No, it ain't. You've been made a part of the family. You were brought into the family. When you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, you became now a part of the family. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Period. You're a child of God. Somebody, somebody said, well, this all happened for Jesus because everything worked for him because he was the son of God. No, everything worked for him because he did what he was supposed to do. The enemy had no hold on him until he was ready to lay down his life. He only did what the Father told him to do. He only said what the Father said to say. So I do. He didn't get all, well, you know, just in case you know this or that and maybe this or maybe that. He said, no, it's just three simple words. So I do. He said, say this, so I speak. I say what he said to say. I do what he said to do. Now, somebody said, well, what's this have to do with us? Because the whole time he's in here talking to you and me. And uh, Hebrews and chapter 3 and actually chapter 3, verse 7, verse 15, chapter 4, I mean, it all says, and it goes on to say, today, if you will hear his voice, today, if you will hear his voice and not harden your heart. But follow what he says. Don't harden your heart and do the opposite. But do what he said to do. Somebody says, well, how do I know? Listen, you know. Because when you're telling me, I know I shouldn't say this, then you know. I know I shouldn't do this, but then you know. You already have a witness. And if you cross a line and it was a mistake, you, all, you get that, that, that scratchy feeling on the inside and you go, wait a minute, I shouldn't be doing that. And you right then, if you will just shut her down and say, uh, so I do. So I say. Man, I'm going to tell you, the biggest thing that all of us probably struggle with is our mouth. I know you didn't want to hear that today, but... We have more trouble because we feel, always feel like that we have to say something. And the Spirit of God saying, do you really? You know, and, and we'll do it and say it, and then we wonder why all hell breaks loose. Because you gave place to it. Well, sometimes something needs to be said. Yeah, probably, but probably not through you. Just a thought I'm having. It could be once in a while. But sometimes we just think that we always got to be the one to say it. Or we always got to be the one to do it. 
or the one be, we always got to be the one to put our foot down and let them know how we feel. So he says, Pastor, you're treading. Yes, I am. But I'm talking about giving place to the enemy. I'm talking about do you want abundant life or not? Do you want Zoe life or not? Or are you okay with doom, gloom, destruction, ruin, death, curse, darkness? You got you to make up your mind. And then when that begins to manifest, don't get mad at God because it's manifesting. You got to settle it. All right? I know I shouldn't do this or I shouldn't say this or I shouldn't act this way. I need to, I need to have a better attitude. I need to, instead of going down that road, I need, to, I need to get up here and set my mind on the right thing. Boy, I hope I get this one through in one service. <laughs> let, me, uh, let me show you a verse. Um, um, put the, uh, did I give you Hebrews 12 by chance, Ben? Put that up there, verse 25. Now, all through Hebrews, through chapter 3 and 4 especially, he brings up, you know, about the children of Israel and what happened with the children of Israel. And he's bringing out in relation with you and me, and he says that if today if you will hear his voice, which means it's every day that God is trying to communicate to you. Every day. Everybody say every day. Every day. Every day he's trying to communicate. Now, you may not hear an audible voice, but I guarantee on the inside, if you ever get sensitive and just get quiet, I guarantee you, you're going to pick up some things from God every day. Every day. I said every day. And God will walk you through this thing every day. If you will give him heed, God will walk you through it every day. But see that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they, talking about the children of Israel, if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. Now, that is new covenant as it gets. The point being is, it's a principle that if we won't follow when he talks to us, the door's wide open for the enemy. Now, nobody wants to cruise around in a wilderness for 40 years. But that's what that verse is saying. He said, what happened to them, because the only reason the children of Israel roamed in a wilderness for 40 years was because of their own doing. Scriptures are clear. They refused him when he talked to them. And as a result of it, they ended up paying a price one year for every day that the, that the spies went in to spy out the land. When they came back and then they refused to walk in that promised land as God instructed and as a result of it, they end up wandering in a wilderness for 40 years, which, by the way, many times is preached that it was God who did that. No, it ain't. They did it. They did it. And he just said, listen, if you don't want that mess to happen to you, then don't refuse him when he talks to you. When the Spirit of God all of a sudden goes, this would be a good time to shut thy mouth. So I do. This would be a good time to not go there in this conversation. So I do. This would be a good time 
to tell them what I could do for them. So I speak. This would be a good time to let go of that. So I do. This would be a good time to change your attitude. So I do. This would be a good time to sow or to give or to help or to so I do. This would be a good time to do what's right. So I do. And then the enemy has no hold on you. But when we refuse to do, when we know we should do, we just gave place to the enemy. And now he comes in and he ransacks. And you have to understand, his purpose is to steal, kill, destroy. That's what he does. He nowhere in there. He says, I want to be your friend. And despite what some of their old rock and rollers say, you're not going to hell to party. There ain't no party going on in hell. So, what do we do? Well, how about do what he asks? It's the simple little instructions. You know, we think when God talks, we think, Durst thou knowest I have called youth toeth, to goeth toeth, Timbucketh toeth. <gasps> Did you hear that? You, you think, you know, God speaks Elizabethan English? Come on. Talk to you just like anybody else. And he knows every language, by the way. Come on, somebody. And he can talk to anybody. Amen. And just when God talks, it isn't always a, some major calling to go to Africa. God will just say, you know, be nice. I don't like it. Oh, no kidding. How about change your attitude? Let me say, Pastor, it ain't that simple. Yes, it is that simple. It's a choice. I See, he said, because I love the Father. I love the Father. I love him enough to do what he asked me to do. I love the Father. Do you even know the fear of the Lord, if you study the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, what determines whether an individual really has and walks in the fear of God is only based on one thing, doing what he asks you to do. Otherwise, you don't have the fear of God. You have no reverence toward God. You don't love God enough. Somebody says, now, wait a minute. No, no, no. If we love God, if we revere God, if we have the fear of God, a respect for God, then we would do and follow when he leads. Simple as that. And the whole thing is, it's for your own benefit. Because you're driving darkness out. You're driving the curse out. You're driving death out. And you get to experience a thing called Zoe life. Praise God. All because you made a decision to not bite on the bait that the enemy shoved in front of you. Well, thank you, Trudy. Appreciate that. Well, it's simple. 
Listen, well, it ain't always easy. Well, sometimes it ain't. You're right. Sometimes it takes a little bit of discipline. Because sometimes I want to say something. I want to do something. One swift boot in the buns, it's all fixed. <laughs> yeah, it may not be. You might have just created a whole other problem. Now, sometimes a boot in the buns might be, might be right. It might, be, might even be God-led. Hallelujah, when it's God-led. But if it ain't, you just open up a door, and now we got more problems. <laughs> so let's take a look at this thing called obedience real quick, because you got to look at this, all right? John 4, please, verse 34, since we're in John. Well, at least I was. Maybe you weren't, but I was. John 4 and 34. And Jesus, of course, this is after he was talking to the woman at the well. The boys came back, and uh, they asked him if he ate anything yet. He, says, but he said this in verse 34, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. My food, okay? So my food, broma is the, is the Greek word here, which means uh, uh, victuals, okay, which just, I had to look that up, but it means provisions, sustenance, nourishment, necessities of life. So my sustenance my livelihood, my necessities of life, my nourishment is literally doing the will of God. That's what he said. It ain't about food. Nothing wrong with food. Sometimes he ate. Come on, somebody. But he said, literally, he said, listen, my sustenance comes by doing what he asked me to do. If I do what he asked me to do, my needs get met. When I do what he asked me to do, all of a sudden I have nourishment. When I do what he asked me to do, all of a sudden I have sustenance. When I do what he asked me to do, necessities of life are met. If they're not met, it could be we're not doing what he asked us to do. Could be. Are you still with me? So let's take a look at this. All right. Proverbs 1. We'll just, I tell you what, Isaac, or, uh, brother, if we're, we'll just kind of rip through these a little bit, okay, so we can get them home here in a decent hour, I guess, because uh, I could preach for hours here. Anyway, Proverbs 1, whoever listens to me will dwell safely. What? Well, that's one way to drive the enemy out. Listen, right? And will be secure without fear of evil. Well, how do I, how do I get the enemy out? Listen to God, follow Him. Remember the whole thing in John 10 about abundant life, it breaks down to this. My sheep know my voice, hear my voice, follow my voice. And when they do that, abundant life is there for them. But when they don't, it opens up the door of the enemy and he comes in, steals, kills, and destroys. Let's look at another one here. All right, let's do Isaiah Isaiah 1, verse 19 and 20 says this. If you are willing and obedient, what happens? There's good, 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 good results. You eat the good of the land or the best the land has to offer. That's what it means. Verse 20. But if you refuse, if you rebel. See, he put the thing in there. See, what are you going to choose? Choose life, death, blessing, or curse. That's up to you. You choose it. He said, I lay it all out there, but you have to make the choice. Somebody said, well, I don't like making that choice. I wish God would just make me. No, you don't want that. I say, come to church every Sunday. Well, pfft, 
Well, that's you, preacher. You're the one. No, no, God, I can the verse after verse after verse. Come to the house of God. Well, now, wait a minute, preacher. I got, you know, I got hunting. I got this. I got that. I got the boat. I got, I got you know, family stuff. I'm going to Disney. I, I, nothing wrong with any of that stuff. But you don't want God just to say, this is what you do. You're nothing but a robot, and this is how you do it. You have a choice. What you do, how you do it, how much of it you do or don't do. That's up to you. Same thing here. He says if you choose life, if, in other words, if you choose to be willing and obedient, guess what? Things work. You eat the best of the land. You experience abundant life. But when you choose not to, verse 20 again, you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Somebody says, well, that don't, that don't sound like, you know, that's an old covenant verse. Listen, listen, I've already showed you a new covenant. Because the it's, it's, same thing applies. If we do and follow him, it worketh. If we don't, it doneth. Okay, let's give you another one. Let's look at, uh, what did I give you, brothers? Uh, I thought I'd give you another reference in there. Was it uh, Job? Uh, Job, this is a good verse. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. In other words, you want to talk about a, a great 401k plan? You know what I mean? I mean, we all just try to get the, you know, I remember one time my, my father was talking about, you know, how the when, the, when everything tanked, you know, and he was talking about his 401 and how it just, it, everything tanked. And, you know, he's all concerned about his 401. I was thinking to myself, you know, you got a really good 401 in, in the Lord. Nothing wrong with the 401k, okay, but, but, but if you want a true, you know, future, follow God. You'll spend your days in prosperity and your years in pleasure. If you give place to the enemy, you're probably going to jeopardize that. Anybody hearing me? Okay, verse 12. But if they do not obey, they shall perish again by the sword again. They shall die without knowledge. That's a bummer. There ain't nothing good about it. I mean, that is not a refrigerator verse. Nobody puts that on their mirror and go, hmm, I love that verse. Nobody likes that verse. Everybody likes verse 11. But you have to understand verse 12 is attached to verse 11. And you can't just go out and do your own thing and not follow God when he tries to lead you and then think that you're going you're to have a great future. See, you've opened the door. Okay, let's look at it. Let's look at another one here. I think I've got another one. Don't I, Ben? I thought I did. What do I got? Um, Deuteronomy 28. How about this? The blessing and the curses, right? Right? Is it, what's it contingent on? This is verse 2. It just kind of sums it up. All these blessings shall come upon. Now, remember, blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the country. All this is listed in this, in this chapter. Shows you what the blessing is, and it gives you the first, basically, first 14 verses explains the blessing, and then about 50 verses to explain the curse. Now, I, it's a challenge to you. Go and read the curses. Now, somebody say, I don't want to read the curses. It might do you good to read the curses because when you find out what's listed as part of the curse, you might be amazed. Because you might look at your life and go, uh, that's going on in my life right now. Mm-hmm. But the only way out of it is by following when he talks. These blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And I didn't give them to him, but you go down then to verse 15, and it says the complete opposite. 
But if you don't follow his voice, the curse manifests. See, it's just all it's saying is the same thing Jesus said. What do you want? Abundant life? Or or you know, steal, killing, and destroying. You got to decide what you want. But it comes down to am I gonna follow what he gives me a leading? And again, please hear this. The voice many times is the witness on the inside. I mean, I can't even tell you how many times. Oh, I'm going along and somebody does something, says something, and uh, something oh my that feathers get ruffled. Anybody ever have that happen? Say, well, you're the preacher. Yeah. But I too have to follow when the Spirit of God goes, what are you going to do about it? That's what he says to me. I don't know what he says to you, but he always says that to me. What are you going to do about it? Which means, okay, you know, it's a question to me, but doesn't mean that God doesn't know the answer. He wants to know if I know the answer. See, he wants to know, you know, are you going to choose life or are you going to choose death? You're going to choose the blessing here, or you're going to choose curse. What do you want, Jerry? Blessing. So I do. So I speak. So I follow. I choose life. That's what I do. Could you imagine what this planet would be like if everybody just so I do. How different it would be. Whew. One last one. First Samuel 15. Put that up on the board. Last one. <clears throat> this is what the prophet of God spoke to King Saul. Because King Saul was asked of God to do something. And it just didn't seem right. So Saul did something else. So the prophet of God shows up and says, Has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed the fat of rams. Now what, it, what would happen was he didn't want to do what he was supposed to do. Instead, he wanted to then later offer God a sacrifice to cover it. Still with me? He's trying to let it be known. God isn't looking for your sacrifice. He's looking for obedience. Just follow what I asked you to do. I don't need, you know, some burnt offering to make me feel better about you. I just need you to follow. If you follow, your life would be better. So what happened to King Saul? Verse 23, for rebellion, he calls it rebellion, is as a sin of witchcraft. It's manipulated because it's of the devil. And stubbornness, I'm just stubborn. Well, it's as iniquity and idolatry. You think, well, why is my stubbornness like idolatry? Because it's all about you, buddy. 
Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also then has rejected you from being king. He lost his kingship just because of that. Now, we'd like to think, well, you know, probably ain't that drastic in my life. Well, you know, you know you're probably not sitting on a throne in that sense, but we are kings and priests under a new covenant, but, but you have to understand that there's all kinds of things in your life that you're wanting to see happen, wanting to manifest, and yet you, re- you lose out on some things because you keep rejecting when he talks to you. Now, <clears throat> you probably ain't going to forget this message. And that's a good thing. I know it's not one of those messages that we all jump and cheer and run around in circles and have a Jericho march. And, but I'll tell you what, if you want to keep the devil out of your life, this is a real key. Follow God when he leads. Amen. When you get a witness inside to this or to not that, to say this or not say that, follow it. Because what you've done then is literally positioned yourself for abundant life just by doing that and literally kept the devil at bay. Isn't that good? Did you get something today? Give the Lord praise. Come on. All right, why don't you all stand up? Praise the Lord. I got through that one in one message. So you can come back next week and I sure hope he's not preaching on that no more. No, it's all good. Praise the Lord. I like walking free of the enemy, don't you? I like abundant life, don't you? I like that, you know, that everlasting, amen, eternal Zoe life. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'd take that any day over the curse. Father, we give praise and glory and honor. Thank you for a people of God that had an ear to hear today and a heart to receive. Thank you, Lord God, for opening the eyes of our understanding, for challenging us to step up, challenging us to to take ownership of our walk. Take ownership of our our lives. Take ownership of of how we do things, how we choose, and and the decisions that we make from day to day. Father, thank you for challenging us to take a higher road every day, to do the right thing, even when it feels like doing the wrong thing will make us feel a little better. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for stirring us to do what's right every day, to choose life, to choose your will, to follow your voice, hallelujah, as you lead. And for that, we give you praise. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.